This episode of the show is with the Refuge Youth Network, two awesome gentlemen in central Pennsylvania who are helping kids find their way. I love the message of Refuge. I, I love what Micah and what Ryan do for our community, and I would love to find other organizations throughout the country, throughout the world, that have the same passion that Ryan and Micah do and would like to reach out to me and maybe we can get the ball rolling on connecting Refuge with other organizations like this throughout our country, throughout our culture, throughout the world. So please, if you are interested, if you listen to this podcast and it touches you and it reaches you in a, in a certain way that makes you want to reach out to me and reach out to Ryan and Micah, please message me on Facebook, on Instagram, Rob Z Radio. But first of all, let's get into the people who make this podcast possible. Which are the sponsors like the Clay Cup, 1304 11th Avenue, downtown Altoona, at the Clay Cup on Facebook and Instagram. Delicious coffees and teas and pastries and goodies for your mouth and your tummy and your belly and your soul. Also, uh, Sarah Vogel, who runs the place, loves art as well, so she brings creativity in. Uh, You can design your own pottery, paint your own pottery, fire it in her kiln, take it home, and give it to somebody as a Christmas gift. Make one that has Santa Claus on it. Give it to the kids. Give it to mom. Give it to grandma. They're going to love it. The Clay Cup. Also, Trade Secrets. I just bought like $50 in Christmas gifts from Trade Secrets the other day. Stephanie Height and her husband run Trade Secrets. They make all of the products in-house. Natural body care line of products in-house made for you. Uh, and they're all natural ingredients. So stuff like uh, whipped body butters and wax melts and body lotions, lip balms, wax candles. Trade Secrets has it. If you want to find out more on Facebook, Secrets in Trade. Instagram is Trade Secrets underscore skincare. If you're in the central PA area, 1223 13th Avenue, first floor. We got the guys in the studio. Let's do it. I'm going to play the intro now. You ready? Yeah. Go for it. This is Rob Z Radio. Broadcasting live from the Launchbox Studios in downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania. Refuge Youth Network is in the house. Micah Marshall, Ryan Alden. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Not too much. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Very much appreciate you uh, gracing me with your presence. Now, Micah, you were on the episode a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Couple, Back in couple. like May or June. Yeah, or it was the beginning there. of the summertime, yeah. And I'm sure a lot has happened since then. Yeah, so yeah, it's a busy time. Let's <laughs> catch up, because Ryan, you jumped on board. When did you get on board with Refuge? Uh, June 6th, I believe, was the official date that I started there. Uh, my title is Director of Operations out there. So um, I came on just to kind of help us out, um, build up the nonprofit itself, uh, try to do the back-end things, build a good strategy and vision for us to go forward. And uh, one of our main goals is to try to build new campuses as we go forward. And so that's been something that we've been working really hard on um, all the way up until now, which has not been that very long. So <laughs> five, five months. <laughs> yeah, but it's been a great five months. I mean, we Ryan has really taken us from just you know one level to the next level, and it's been a huge help. And so we, we've been excited that he jumped on board with us and even for me, just to have someone to help and to kind of run this whole thing. And we really balance each other out in a great way. Uh, we use the illustration, the gas and the brake. Ryan's really good <laughs> at throwing the brake down when I'm pressing on the gas. And right. so we're able to manage that really well. And so it's been awesome. And uh, we've seen a lot of great growth in the last couple of months. So it's been, it's been sweet. 
Yeah, just to preface, I always say that I'm the break from Micah's ideas, not mine. Right. <laughs> so. that, that's the truth, man. Is it vice versa, yeah. too? Does it work the other way around? No, 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 no it doesn't. Just mine. <laughs> <laughs> so if people don't know, I mean, you can go back and listen to that episode. I'm not sure what episode number that is, but you could find it. Just look for Refuge, Micah Marshall. It's, it's back there. Um, but if they don't, people don't know what you're all about and what you've been doing over the years, tell a little bit about the organization and what you guys do. Yeah, well, we uh, we started, it'll be seven years ago that uh, that we actually launched Refuge, and it was started as a small youth ministry in a ch- local church, and uh, just over the years, it grew and grew and grew, and then uh, we ended up getting connected with another church and another church, and then multiple churches in our area, and so we really serve as a youth program uh, regionally, just for uh, areas, and not just churches anymore, businesses, uh, other nonprofits, other organizations that work with, with students, and so it just came, it continues to grow. It's almost like month by month. It just grows bigger and bigger and bigger and so we've been really excited to be able to to share with the community um working with students and being able to be a positive and a spiritual influence in their life yeah we uh we get, we kind of work on a threefold strategy our goal is to really be out in in the environment with the students so meeting them where they're at whether that be at local um youth youth centers or youth shelter or wherever else you know we have great partners through the community to do those things first engage them there let them see who we are let them realize who we are um then invite them more to like a corporate setting of of worship and, and learning and understanding a, of the faith-based aspect and then uh really our big uh, our main goal is to to tailor kids down to um building them opportunities for mentorship so we work mm-hmm. on uh building interest groups things like fishing club Girls Club, um, outdoor adventure-based trips, things like that, where you can have an experience with a uh, student, but then also you're building a deeper and more meaningful relationship through that. So uh, that's the model we've been working on, and um, seems like it's going pretty well. I guess uh, the idea is, right, it's, it's harder to get a kid to open up when he's in a, gr- a room with a bunch of other kids, right? Yeah, There's a lot yeah, of people there. Absolutely. You get them more one-on-one, yep. more of a chance to get more out of them. Yeah, I think I think what we find is, um, you know, you do need those high in, uh, impact events where there's a lot of kids showing up, um, and that they're just having fun and hanging out and those those type of things. But um, really, what we want to do is build authentic relationships with our kids. So we mm-hmm. want to give that um, to our leaders, to our staff, whoever it is, uh, an opportunity to get deeper with those kids, to build into their lives, and to be an intricate part of uh, their growth as they go forward. And as far as uh, Micah goes, you've told your story. They can check out that episode. But Ryan, what what is your story coming in? Like when you were an addition, yeah. how did you get involved and why? Uh, just a short preface. Um, I worked at a nonprofit beforehand in Harrisburg. And about two years ago, uh, my wife and I, uh, decided that we were going to move to Altoona because her family's from this area, and we have two little ones, so you know, we were coming back for family support. That's a big deal. Um, so when we came back, I was kind of looking for a place to go back and serve in uh, an outreach ministry kind of a scenario things, but also um, a place where I felt like I could use my gifts and talents. Um, and everybody kept on saying, go meet Micah Marshall, go meet Micah. So They were telling me that too. Yeah. yeah well, and I was like, I have to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, we felt that way. So Micah will tell you that our story is we met in a parking lot yeah, and man, hit it off. Um, it's not creepy at all. No. Yeah. Was, What's crazy is I actually met my wife in a parking lot yeah. too. So it's like, wow, these significant people I keep meeting in parking lots. Right, well, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so, you know, for the first year, actually, when Micah and I sat down, I, I told him, I was like, man, I'm going to do something with youth in this area, whether, whether it's here or not I'm going to do something with youth because uh, that's where my heart is and uh, he was like well where are you plugged in with youth I said 
nowhere, but I'm going to be plugged in somewhere. He says, well, why don't you come out to Refuge? And when I got that opportunity, that's when I saw, okay, here are some things that, that I could bring to the table for Refuge. And here are things that are already developed that is awesome instead of starting from the ground up yeah. uh, that I can get involved in. So um, one of the things I do have is since I've been at nonprofits for a, a while, I had some um, good uh, background knowledge on the things that we need to do that is different from running uh, a youth ministry through a church. Um, and just kind of pitched that to the board, and they were all about it. So, um, yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a big blessing on my family and my life to be able to just feel like I, I'm serving in a place and, and working in an environment where my vocation and my my heart is being filled up. So, so what is it about working with youth? Because I, I also have the, the the same passion, you know. And for, on my end, it's like I always envision, you know, uh, me helping me in like eighth grade. Was, yeah, was yeah. what my vision always kind of is. Like I, I'd like to find me back yeah. then and wish I had somebody who would have like said certain things to me to help me along. So from your ends, like what is it about youth and what is the reason that you want to help out kids compared to, you know, the older people? Well, I think for me, like what's crazy is I didn't even I didn't even have a plan to help youth. I didn't have I didn't desire to. I actually when I got thrown into a position of, of working with youth, I'm like, are you serious? Like these they're weird. They smell. They're loud. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's like they I don't have, know. Like, Did I smell? They're, they're immature. Like, yeah, and I was like, man, they're just there's nothing. But like you just fall so in love with a generation. And I think what happens. I know what happened for me because you know. Um, I'm going on, you know, eight years of working with teenagers, and and Ryan's going into his what ten? It'll be my yeah ten. His, his tenth, tenth year, year and right so, um, and I know from my perspective, it's like you see that you know, let's say you have ten kids and you're able to help one, and you see that positive effect on what that kid can do, and how when they grow older, now they have this ripple effect down where they're able to connect and help somebody else, and mm-hmm. and you just see such a worth in that. And so what you want to do is you want to do it for the next generation, the next. And so that's why you just start stacking on or you've doing it, been doing it for so long because you're seeing such a positive impact. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just being able to connect with them. And I know for me, um, they're the next leaders. They're the next, you know, people that are going to lead this environment and lead the culture. And so being able to just be a positive influence in their life, uh, for me, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I – uh... I remember, I remember distinctly probably being 17 years old, uh, around 17 or 18, and somebody said, you should work with kids. You're really good at it. And I said, no. You know, I just wasn't <laughs> yeah. about it. I didn't want to do it. I think, um, y- you know, one of the big things was there's no money in it. And uh, uh, the reality is there's no money in it. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's that's um, the truth. But uh, – you know, I, I went to school for business, thought that that's where I was going to go. That's how I was going to le- measure my level of success was going to be through business. Um, and, uh, you know, I just kind of got uh, directed in a different way. I started I started substitute teaching for um, something and uh, for a school that that did uh, students that were basically in a position in their life where they needed um, a lot more guidance than probably school. Um, and. I just loved it. I fell in love with the kids. I, I, I could see a lot of things that me, um, I missed a lot uh, when I was a teenager. I missed a lot of experiences of people speaking truth into my life or, mm-hmm. or caring for me or, or actually, um, you know, uh, trying to tell me, uh, steer me the right direction. And, and so, uh, and those that did speak into my life, 
I remember those so clearly versus uh, those that were just there for fun or whatever else. And so what I thought was uh, similar, similar to Micah is if I got 10 kids, can I impact one? Can I make a difference in one of their lives? And, uh, you know, I always say this statement, this, Micah knows it. Everybody, yeah. This is, this is like, I, I wrote this thing out a while ago. I was like, what's one of my favorite statements? And like all of our leaders blast me on this. It's about roots and fruits. It's about start to, starting to plant some um, some real knowledge into these kids so that they can grow roots. So mm-hmm. that when, when it gets tough out there, they're going to be able to stand up to that wind, that rain, that, that snow. And then hoping that they produce uh, and praying for them that they produce uh, healthy fruit, you know. And so that's that's – that's something that I remember those people doing that to me. And that's why I want to get back and give back to that. Yeah. So what do you guys think happened throughout the years? Like in the school system, I'm not going to try to bash the school system in any way, shape or form, but there's a lot of things they missed, right? A lot of things that just weren't taught to kids. I mean, you, I, when you get older, you realize like there's all these things I should have known about that. I wish yeah. I would have known about Even if it's just like what interest is, yeah. You know, or like yeah, yeah. basic things like that or just like people skills, like how to talk to somebody or yeah. like there's no like learn how to talk to somebody class in high school. You know, yeah. just like that, those things are super important and they're just completely glazed over yeah. in the school system. They're not really touched on. Is that some of the stuff that you guys try to or what are some of the main things? I know it's a lot of faith based stuff uh, talking about Jesus, talking about God. But but along with that, like personality growth and those sorts yeah. of things, what do you try to focus on? Well, I know, like, forward? you know, one of the biggest things is, OK, like, how do you interview for a job? Yeah. Like, what do you dress like? What do you look like? What do you say? What do you don't say? How do you talk to grown ups? Yeah. Like how? Yeah. And so we, you know, we deal a lot with that um, and, and preparing them for just the things of life. And like you said, a lot of social interaction, um, being able to do that. And one thing Ryan um, actually, you know, talks a lot about when he's talking with other leaders and we're going in and talking to people about these things is one of, one of the biggest things that he speaks on is, you know, some of these kids, we have to teach them how to have coping mechanisms yep. to deal in social interaction. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that um, you know this is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna point this just to the school district, obviously, and I know that you're not either. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I think that we we've built a culture where um, kids are uh, kids are allowed to be kids much longer. Yeah. Um, and uh, and what I mean by that is uh, some of those skills that you that I remember developing, we have uh, stepped away from allowing those kids to, to learn those skills. Uh, you know, there's some conversation about helicopter generation and, you know, um, parents hovering over their kids to make sure that they're always safe. Yeah. I think the safety is a huge concern, but I would say that coping mechanism, I remember, uh, I remember breaking up with uh, girls in high school and being upset about it, but I had healthy outlets for me to, to find a way out of this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I can't address one thing and say that that's the reason for it. But I do know that these kids struggle with that self-esteem um, and ability to come back and bounce back from from those major issues. Um, as far as life skills goes, I mean, some of the things that we really try to focus on for kids is, um, like I said, you know, teaching them the reality of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some guys this this year that are uh, going, going to college or, or headed to college. And, you know, our conversations is this is great. How do you pay for it? How do you uh, like? Are are you ready for the expenses that it's going to take? Um, do you <clears throat> excuse me? Do you realize that uh, college is not just a time to go hang out with your friends? This is this is you're choosing a career for your life or or direction for your life, and uh, that you need to buckle down and and work hard. And that's something that I find a lot of value in because I think that a lot of times um, 
certain students have the opportunity where their parents help them walk through that. Yeah. A lot of our students, um, I, the survey that we took last year, 80% of them come from single parent or secondary uh, guardianship uh, relationships mm -hmm. where uh, they might not get the same um, the same treatment that some of our, our other students get. And so it, that is a big deal for us to try to just teach them life skills. Yeah, that guidance. And I mean, and, yeah. you know, sometimes it's the parents' fault, but sometimes it's like you're a single parent and you have two jobs or yep. whatever it is. Yeah. You just don't have time. Yep. You know, and it's like time starts to slip away and before you know it, your kid's 15 and you didn't yep. even notice it happening. Yeah, they're working hard trying to make, make a life, a, a better life for their kids. And sometimes uh, things that we would think that you know, some people would take it for granted, um, just get missed. And, and we want to be able to be a fan of that student uh, and also be a support to the family. Yeah, that's huge. And it, I'll tell you, man, just growing up, and I, I had good parents. Like, I mean, they got divorced and then both got remarried. So I had like two families my whole life. But like, they were always supportive. There was always, you know, there was always money. There was always shelter, everything that would have been needed. But at the same time, there wasn't like... Uh, uh, just, just, just simple things that I think now, you know, I, like I wish, I, I would like to be able to tell. Like I look at my son who's three, Max. It's like, man, I can't wait to tell him things that I know now that I wish I could that somebody would have told me. Yeah. And I'm not knocking my parents on that. It's just I don't think that we. Th you grow up and you you forget like what a kid is yeah. at some point in time. Yeah. At, the, at least I feel like some parents forget that. Like, wait, this three year old's going to grow up to be ten, and they're going to be twenty. They're going to be 30. They're going to be as old as I am at some point in time. Yeah. Why don't I pass along the knowledge I already have and like really embed it into their heads so yeah. they get it? One thing that I think happens, too, is I think that culturally we have expectations that are, um, that are unrealistic. Like we have the home that is expecting the school to do their part, the school to, that the home is doing their part. Mm -hmm. And then even like for what we do, like there are people that are like, hey, my kid is, is messed up, screwed up. They have problems. Fix them. So an right. expectation like, okay, we see your kids two hours a week and you want yeah. us to fix them. And so I think, I think it, it takes, um, you know, everyone doing their part together to help, to help, you know, this culture. And you look at, you know, I remember growing up when, you know, anyone in my neighborhood, it was when we could spank, you know, anyone in the neighborhood had permission to spank me. And so you weren't <laughs> raised by just like your parents, you were raised by a group of people and a culture of people that were, helped you grow up. And I remember growing up right outside of Pittsburgh and everyone in our neighborhood helped you like they were, we were all one big family and you were raised together. And there was, you know, but now we have this expectation where, you know, you have, you know, parents think that the school is messing up the school thinks that the parents are messing up and the parents think that the, the youth group's messing up and the, the youth blame group, game you know right? and it goes back and forth and it's like you know if we just all do our part if we just all do the best that we can do with this student pouring as much in as we can and hoping for the best and that student's going to wind up okay yeah stop I mean, that's blaming everybody happen. else yeah, absolutely just jump on board and do something yeah you know and bullying you and i've talked a lot rob about this about the bullying issue and 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 how you know how do we combat this? How do we, you know, how do we handle this? And and it's a huge thing. I mean, but the only way that it gets solved is things get changed because of unity. Unity brings change in so many aspects. And it's going to take a, an environment. It's going to take a culture. It's going to take a, a town or a city being unified and having that unity together to be able to help bring that change to those problems that we're seeing. There's a term that, that I used to use. I used to work with a lot with um, students that needed community service or did, uh, worked on uh, worked through juvenile probation. And there was a term that we used a lot that was parent by proxy. Um, and it's the idea that you're allowing everyone else to raise your children. Yeah. And um, I think that not you, 
what what we looked at there was uh, how do we all actively take a role in raising your child? Like Micah said, this community-oriented piece, don't allow someone else to take all the responsibility for your child. I remember having phone calls with people asking me to discipline their kids, and I'm like, I, I, they chose to be in relationship with me. You want to take away something that is healthy for them, or you want me to call and punish them. Uh, can I talk them through it? Can I help coach them through it? Can I maybe mentor them through this situation? Yeah, it's hard for me to also be their parent. You yeah. Know? So we mm-hmm. we have to take the active role of saying this is where this is where we fit into this puzzle of raising this uh, generation of kids. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Because there's like a, I forget what the statistic is, but yeah, part of your part of growing up is like your DNA, like the way you're formed as you grow up. Part is your community, but most of it is obviously your everyday life. Who yeah. like the people yeah. you're around with, ninety percent of the day, the house that you live in, mm-hmm. that you grow up in. Obviously, that's going to be the part that molds and forms how you are for the most part. So. It seems like such an obvious answer, right? Yeah. It's like, obviously, the people you're around the most, but th- for whatever reason, that kind of gets lost in the shuffle at some yeah. point in time. And I guess when you have multiple kids, you have one kid, it's easier to focus on one kid. It's easier mm-hmm. to keep your attention on them. Two, three, four, five, like, it gets spread out, and, and your patience gets spread out, your time spread out. It's, it becomes incredibly difficult at some point in time. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how does that, you know, how does that get fixed down the road like how do you guys look at that as time moves forward and then you've been doing this for seven years Micah 10 years for you Ryan like how have things changed over that time period is it better is it worse or is it just different like with cell phones coming in and social media and everything it's it's definitely different I'll tell you um the the first group and Micah can attest to this too because his first class was similar to mine my first group was tough man they were they were uh, a rough group of kids that in a drop of the hat they would start fighting each other and (laughs) um, I've seen fights migrate though uh, fighting has migrated to a social media aspect more so than the let's put our hands on each other kind of scenario Is that better or worse I think it's to be honest with you I think it's worse I I, I I definitely agree I think that what happens is you get kids um, that that fight can continue constantly right it's a never ending fight you know you fight somebody in school uh and then you go home and you don't have any contact with them. Yeah, that's it, it's done. Yeah. You know, you you both get in trouble and and your parents m- might get mad at you and whatever else the scenarios. Now it's at school. It's following you home. It's in your pocket with yeah. you all yeah. the time. And so when you're looking at that as as these migrated fights, um, I. I I just I don't even I I don't know how they deal with some of that stuff. And really what we have to do is build self-worth into our kids to say this is not true. If people call I keep on calling you things that aren't true, mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't mean that you have to live up to that standard of what they're calling you. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the crazy part is if you get into a fight with somebody in person, there's usually some sort of res- rev- resolution. Yes. Yep. At some point yeah. in time, yeah. something gets resolved. But it's just like a Facebook argument. They always say, like, don't even bother starting, an, like, if there's a thread on Facebook that's political or whatever it might be, it, there's never going to be an end to it because yep. you can't win an argument yeah. via text in a paragraph form. It's just never going to happen. Yep. So when you talk about that kind of fighting, it's true. It's like a never-ending battle yep. that's only going to get worse. Well, and over the years, I mean there's so much more distractions yeah there's so much more distractions and you know and it's and it's one of these things where when we first started there wasn't as many distractions out there that were pulling for your attention Mm -hmm. as there are today and and i think it's just going to keep progressing and it's just going to keep you know keep going you know but the one thing that doesn't change 
um, you know, is the fact that students, all they want is to, to love and be loved. That is never going to change for, for them, no matter how many distractions we have or how many, you know, social media things come out or anything like that. They're always going to want to know that, you know, that we love them and that they can love someone. And, and that's that people they, in general, have right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, and like Ryan said, our first, like my first class, my first group when I first got here, they were, they were the toughest class I had yet to date. But I think for us, it was like, if you can handle those groups, you can handle any group coming down the line. So like trial by fire. Yeah. Right? It was like, if you can handle this crew, you can handle any crew possible. So you say that it's, you know, it's, it's changing. But when you first came in, the kids were worse than they are now. Yeah. Are they, are they more sensitive now? Because Yo, of yeah, the, yeah, it, yeah. The yeah, sensitivity the, factor is way higher. So God, it's not exactly absolutely. A, the violence is as bad or the yeah. anger, well, outward uh, anger. Those maybe, kids, like, like the, that first group, man, like Ryan's group and my group, that first group they had like, you know, it'd be nothing for them to like someone to say something and then he just swing out and punch him. Like it'd be nothing for a girl to rip another girl's hair, like oh, rip her right down man. to the floor. Like it was, it was in a blink of an eye here. It's not like that. It's like, you know, one says something, one says something back and it let, and, they, and it lets it like sit and it stew. Right. It festers. And, and, Fester. and that's well, even worse, I guess, than getting your emotions well, yeah. out, right? You're well, just and, them boil. and then rather addressing you to face to face, like I put a Facebook status. I'm going to go you, home and write up about it. Yeah. You know, and like, and then I'm going to blast it to everybody. And so all these other people are going to get involved and. I mean, it's just, it, true, it, it is crazy. The, the, the change that we have seen, um, in that. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say my first class, the reason why it was so tough one was, you know, you, you're, you're green, right? So for me personally, I walked in the door and I had no idea what else it should look like. Like how old were you when you first had your first, class? uh, 20, 23. 223. So you're pretty uh, much so, still a kid yourself yeah. at that oh, yeah. point. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm only a couple years removed from them. They have brothers that are older than me. I remember when I was teaching in school, I was teaching a kid that was uh, 21 years old um, in, in a senior in high school. Oh, wow. So, you know, he's not he could have been in my class. He could have actually gone to college with me. Yeah. Um, but he was in high school and I'm supposed to be his teacher. So things are looking way different than, <laughs> yeah. than what I'm used to at that point. That perspective uh, is, is yeah. huge. And so you're green in that scenario. You, you come in and you're, you're fresh in this and you're excited about helping work with kids, but uh, you still have things that you have to mature on. You Absolutely. know, one of the things that, uh, that I, if I had a class like I did the first year, I think I would have done things uh, differently now. Mm -hmm. But again, like I said, that trial by fire, walking through and saying, like, if you can hang with this, everything it, else isn't, isn't going to destroy you. I remember a kid one time turned to me, and uh, if you don't get disrespected in what we do, um, you're not I think you're right. not. I think you're not doing <laughs> you're it right. right. Yeah, yeah right. you know, if you it, yourself don't. Yeah, yeah. Per yeah. Personally, it happens when so. Uh, and I remember the first time I felt really, really disrespected. And I called one of my friends, and he's a teacher. He's been teaching for uh, probably eight or nine years at that point. And he said, "Man, you don't know what it looks like for him when he goes home. Yeah, you don't know what y you remind him of. You don't understand what the authority figure is in that person's life and why he acted the way that you did." And I said, "Man, he disrespected me." He said, "The one thing you have to remember is he's a kid." And, and for me, that was a moment in my life to start thinking, okay, well, I need to not act like a kid if I'm dealing with kids. It's time for me to start maturing myself and growing deeper so that I can, I can help others understand the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Very true, man. Just having a three-year-old even, it's like, uh, it's, it's funny because, you know, like I'll catch myself arguing with Max and I'm like, Rob, he's three. Like, what are you doing to yourself? Like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. Rob is just winning. Uh, Rob is just losing the battles. Losing every battle. There's <laughs> no winning. No There's winning never, gonna, I'm not going to win any of those battles. Yeah. It's useless. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so funny because you get lost in it. Like, you just get 
can you, you just forget all yeah. of a sudden because I, I don't know about you guys but I've never felt like I grew up yeah, I still no. feel like a kid yeah so whenever I'm talking to Max I can totally still relate maybe not to being a three-year-old but I can still relate to being a kid it's like mm. it still makes sense to me so when we get into like conversations or whatever uh, I I can go right back into that, and so when we get into arguments, I also can go right back into yeah. that and wanting to oh, win, yeah. wanting to be right, and it's like yes, this is ridiculous. Yeah. You got to be the the yeah. better figure in this situation, obviously. And, like, and trust me, like I, we have not had that all figured out either. You know, yeah, this is no. just something that you keep on trying to grow on as you go forward. You know, with my own kids, it's the same scenario. You're 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 trying to um, learn the balance of uh, a parent, but also knowing that there is a point where you. you like my kids are little, you know, they're, if, uh, I got a four year old son. He's not, he, there's no way that, that he's going to understand the reasoning of a 32 year old man, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because you do have to bring both, uh, truth and grace to the situation. And sometimes the grace has to, um, be a little bit more just because you know that they they don't understand at the same level that you're at. So. Yeah, like they literally cognitively can't understand. Even yeah, if yeah. you taught them over and over again, they wouldn't get it. It's yeah. just it's, yeah. that's how well, it is. You know, they won't get it until they mature to or they they grow in who they are as a into an adult where they understand these things. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and so and that's that's one of the major things is you know, being able to show that grace and that love. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I talk to leaders about other other youth leaders and pastors is for us in youth, working with youth, and I don't care if you're in youth ministry, if you're in a youth organization, um, the best way to lead is from among them, not above them. Right. You know, because aboving has this connotation of like you're over them and that you're better than them. They're going to listen to you because they have to. But if you just lead from among them and hang out and have fun and do life with them, you're going to walk side by side with them and they are going to listen to you. They're going to respect you. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things is you're doing life with them each and every day, you know, and you're not just, you know, telling them what to do all the time, but you're, you're walking with that, showing them what to do. There's yeah. a big difference between you, what you tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And then when you show me what to do. And I think that's one of those things where we're able to, to do that every day where yeah. we have the privilege of being able to hang out and have fun and, and get it. And it's always the, it's always ironic when you get a kid who was exactly like you when you were right. a teenager. You're like, oh, dude, this is me. Like, That's what I, I want. I just, like, yeah, this great. is crazy. Like, I, I got to deal with that. me. <laughs> no, you don't want that because you're like, man, I was so dumb. Yeah. Like, I was so dumb. And I'm like talking to this kid. I'm thinking, oh, my, this was me as a teenager. Yeah. Like, wow, I need to go back and like ask for forgiveness from the guys that like tried to pour into my life because yeah. I was an idiot, man. It's crazy. <laughs> but that's the best part, I think, yeah. is being able to recognize that and be like, oh, this is my chance, right? Yeah. This is the, the opportunity has arose now where I can step up and, and make this difference in this kid's life. The part that, uh, and Mike, I think on the first podcast we talked about this, when you bring in Jesus, when you bring in God and faith into the whole thing, that's the part that blows my mind because... Um, I imagine for some kids that's incredibly hard to get through, right? Or is it, it's like it's like a. I'm I'm thinking of myself as a kid because I always found it to be so corny. I was like, "That's yeah. corny. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to get involved in that. Like, what would Jesus do? All that kind of stuff. It just didn't. It didn't make any sense to me. And I used to when I was young, I'd go to church and I just I never got anything out of it. It just it was like something my parents made me do. Yeah. Now that I'm older and I go, I get so much out of it. So how do you, you know? get that message in at a young age when they look at it as just this goofy thing that I'm never going to get or be a Hmm. part of. Well, the one thing about, you know, the gospel of Jesus is that it can meet you where you're at. 
And it, that's at any age group. That's at any age level. And that's also of any mentality level. Like, like it's, that's what's so beautiful about, you know, the Bible is that it can meet you where you're at. And so a lot of times with students, we meet them where they're at. Like mm-hmm. we, we're not going to get into some big, big theological discussion and use terminology that they're not going to understand and talk about all these crazy things. We're going to make it as relevant to their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to get on their level and we're going to present it to their level and we're not going to change it. Because it's still going to connect with them, but we're going to be able to word it and communicate it in a way that connects with them. You know, and that's, that's you know, I have that privilege of doing that every week, two to three times a week, where I'm connecting with students and making something that could seem to be so complicated, so simple. Because I really believe that sometimes it's just us that makes it complicated. Yes, and, um, for sure. You know, and Ryan and I have talked about this before, like, you know, sometimes the, the Christian world has made things so corny. Yeah. And they have made things yep. so, like, so, so terrible. It's just, and I hate saying that, but it is. It's like some of the stuff that they put out there, it's like, dude, like, this is not going to connect with a, a the student yeah like i don't know why you're doing this but our job is to be able to connect with them and show jesus because it connects with them on every level and so that's one of the things that we get we're able to do every week Mm -hmm. and um and i think it's awesome that we're able to do that and it also shows that you know that that god will meet you where you're at you know wherever you're at in your mentality your age group like whether you're in children's church or whether you're going on a sunday morning and you need something that the the pastor is going to present to you you're be, you will be able to connect with that explain what that means though meeting you where you're at like go a little bit further well i into think that. i think like you know if you have a you have a guy who you know let's say he's coming from a, a mentality where he just got divorced you know he lost his job you know maybe he's struggling with being an alcoholic or drugs like god is not saying to that guy like hey you have to you know get back with your wife right away you have to quit drinking right away you have to do this and do this and a b c d you have to do all these things to get connected to me that's not the way jesus is jesus doesn't say hey come up to where i'm at no jesus says i'm coming to where you're where you are and that's where i'm talking about well jesus he'll meet you where you're at he's not expecting you you know to be anything that you're not yeah. He's expecting you just to be you and to love him. And, and that love of him is what changes people. And that's what I love about, you know, all the churches we're connected with. And, uh, in, 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 you know, in the, in the message that we're preaching about Jesus is he meets you where you're at. So no matter where you're at in life, you could have, you know, be a millionaire with a Fortune 500 company that's doing extremely well. And Jesus can still meet you just like he can meet the person that might not have two dimes to rub together in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so great. And we're able to sh- see this in students. Yeah. We're able to see students who come from crazy, messed up, jacked up homes that barely have nothing to students that come that have everything, but mm-hmm. they're both meeting the same Jesus. Yeah, and they both need him just as much, just right? As on, much, on yeah. either end. Yeah, I think I, I think one of the the words that we shared are something that I shared earlier was authentic relationships. You know, when you talk about people coming out with your WWJD bracelets and your right. uh, your frog shirt and whatever else they would have that that would make you. Uh, look at that culture and say, wow, this is so corny, is, is first to be a real person with that person. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we're doing is we're getting ready to uh, launch a campus in Bellwood on January 8th. And I- I'm really excited about it. This is going to be a-, a new journey for us. Um, and uh, it's a, n- a whole new group of kids. And the first thing that we're, we're doing there is going to things that are already there and just spending time with kids, mm-hmm. playing basketball with them, hanging out, playing uh, Call of Duty or whatever else they got going on, eating food, um, you know, just chatting with them, talking to them about life. Because as soon as they understand that I'm a real person and, and that I, I care about them, uh, they want to know why, you know, there's, there's a whole, yeah, what's piece the motive? Of, yeah. Right? What you, why, why do you care about me? Well, I, I love you. 
you know, and why, why do you love me? Well, the reason why I love you is because um, of my heart and passion for youth, because that's something that God, God has laid on my heart. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's a, a way to present it to them and be able to start establishing relationships with them, understanding that there's no ulterior motive. Man, if you never come to anything that I ever do with worship, I'm still going to love you. Yeah. I, you right. never come to anything that I do that has, it has to do with Jesus. I'm still going to be there for you. And there are times that we see kids come in and out because it's situational and there's, there's reasons why they, they can't make it. But uh, my heart for you is still there. It doesn't mm-hmm. change. You know, that's because the, the grace and the love that God has shown me. So it's, it's starting to build that authenticity with them that makes it um, real in their life. And, and Micah talked about our lessons being life applicable. I think that that's huge where, where you sit down and say to a kid, listen, these aren't just words that are hard to understand. Let's break it down. Let's look at the contextual piece of this and say, this is how this can fit into your life. And this is why we need this. And you guys, a lot of those messages are on Facebook, right? And on the website. If they yeah. ever want to see yeah. that stuff, yeah, we it's have, up there. You know, we have it on our YouTube channel. Yep. You just look Refuge Youth Network um, or Refuge Youth Network Altoona. Like, all of our messages are out there. And then, you know, even on our social media, we put out, like, we call them sermon slices, like little points from our messages, little things here and there that just will help maybe motivate or help people get thinking or just help them know. And the one thing that Ryan hit on is, like, looking at these students and saying, hey, man, like, we love you. And it is always you know, it's always crazy the reactions you get because you'll get a student right away and be like, man, thank you. I love you too. Like, and there's that instant connection. And then there's that student that looks at you like, why? Right. Yeah. Why do you love me? Right, yeah. You know, and that's one of those things that like Ryan just talked about is that, you know, we're loving you because this is what we're called to do and we have a heart for you and we want to see you be better. But the reason why they don't get it is because they've never been shown it. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether that's at home or wherever, maybe they don't, maybe they never really had an understanding about what, what the love of God looks like. That is a pure and, and righteous love that, you know, and so people look at that, like, they look at you like, what did you just say to me? They're like, dude, <laughs> no, we love you and God loves you. And, you know, and we're going to walk this out together no matter what. Yeah, I got on the bus last night and I, I, uh, very gently reminded them all of the rules uh, yeah. <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> but when I got up there, after I was done, I said, I love you. Have a good week. And, you know, it's it's so cool to hear 50 kids on the bus turn around and say, I love you back. Not everyone says it, but a, a decent amount of yeah. them will tell you that. You know, uh, it's it's so cool to, to get an opportunity to, to know that, like, genuinely I love you and I care for you. I care for your well-being. I care about where you are. And uh, and if even a small snippet understand that, mm-hmm. we're doing what we need. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge, man. And especially as a kid, you're right. Like it's, it's it, that's one of the most that's what you look for. You look for acceptance, you look for love from people and just forming a bond. Like those are the most important things. Like you yeah. want to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. And, and uh, let me ask you guys this. So, when I like whenever I was at refuge and I talked up in front of the whole group, like I was more nervous to talk in front of a bunch of kids than I was in front of adults. Yeah. Because, like I said, like when I still think of myself as a kid, I was not like in high school. I was wallflower, didn't really talk to anybody, uh, didn't have a whole lot of friends, and was just I was very much more an introvert than I am now. Which is my I don't know if it's my natural personality or meet somewhere in the middle. Um, but do you guys still get that? I'm probably not anymore. But uh, I, I just got the sense like, oh man, I, I remember what it's like to be 13 in junior high. <laughs> like I got that feeling back. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like it, it, I went right back to that, to being that kid. And then I remembered like these, the, the kids in here, they, they're, just, they're just here because they want something good out of this. They yeah, want yeah. friends. They want companionship. 
do you still get that a little bit? Like, are you are you like rolling over? You know, like you already are the boss of the whole thing, so no. you're the cool guy walking into the room, and it's all good. I mean, I think it, I think it changes as time goes forward, right? Um, it's a lot easier to uh, get up in front of speak in front of people and speak when you've done it so many times. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't change whether or not you want to see if you've connected with the youth. And I think that that's the part for me when you get up there and you're speaking in a corporate setting that you want to connect with that group, that, that, that the message that you're sharing, that the message that you feel like God has laid on your heart connects with them. Yeah. As far as walking into a social setting, I have no problem being the boss when I walk into a social <laughs> setting. See, I hate but, it. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, that's not me. But, I don't want to be that guy. But I think that, I, I think that, that just comes with years of, do, years of walking through that and being like, all right, let me, let me find out, uh, um, how this works what what are the dynamics of the room and and reading that uh but when it comes to speaking it still is your heart and your desire is so much for connecting those kids to god Mm -hmm. that you do sometimes get to the point where you're you're nervous about whether or not this message is going to connect deeply with them yeah and that's that's how i feel when i get up there well i know for me i mean uh, and ryan can attest to this like i i am a hundred percent comfortable in front of a group of teenagers even teenagers i don't know if you just stick me in inside a group with teenagers i'm fine Adults, man, I, I'm just I'm a mess. I mean, Rob, you've heard me speak in, like at church in front of adults and things like that, but I'm actually more nervous and I get more anxiety. I would say, if that's the right word, to to speak in front of adults than I do students because I'm with students all the time. Yeah, you know, and it's like that's my life and that's what I'm I'm doing all the time. And so for me, um, I have no problem, you know, taking control of of the and speaking and doing that with teenagers. Uh, you know, always with adults, it's always a different story. And because uh, that mentality, sometimes I like I forget, man. I'm 31 years old. Like I'm an adult. But I, I'm I'm with these students so much that my mentality is like, no, I'm going to hang with them. And for me, naturally, if I'm at a function or I'm in a room or I'm doing something, I will naturally, not even knowing it, be connecting with, with, with the teenagers in the room. Like that's where I'll just gravitate towards them or them towards me and boom, that's it. And so for me, um, I, I wouldn't say I get nervous, um, but, but Ryan has said something really good is that you, you have such a desire for what you want to share to connect with them. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing mm-hmm. is, is it's it's not really a nervousness, but it's a hope yeah. saying, I hope that this connects and I hope this is what they need to hear at this season. Yeah. And I believe, you know, I believe that God's faithful and I believe if you're going to bring a message, it's going to connect somewhere yeah. on mm-hmm. some level. It's an anticipation of Absolutely. reaction. You know, yeah. one of the, one of my heart, I, I got challenged before we moved here by, uh, by somebody I really respect, uh, that our job as leaders that work with youth that, um, uh, that we're supposed to train up another group of people behind us. Yeah. Um, so that they're not always doing it trial by fire. And, and so when Micah talked a little bit about, um, you know, getting in front of leaders and speaking, like I have no problem. When it comes to talking about uh, youth culture or kids or, or how the structure of the environment goes, I have no problem bringing that because if I connect with them and help them be better at what they're, they're going to be doing with youth, man, we've, uh, that, that's going to go so much farther than my reach of the – 20 to 30 kids that I can make a phone call to for the week, you know? And yeah. so I think that that's, that's one of the strengths that Micah and I play off of here is uh, um, that he loves working so deeply with those kids. And so do I, but I love watching training and training up leaders to be, to work with those kids too. And so we got this twofold where we're able to just be so uh, intentional on speaking 
uh, youth culture into in, in, into people's lives so that we can make a bigger impact on those teens. Yeah. Well, man, that's an important part, right? Into people's lives, not just into kids' lives, yeah. Yeah. into adults' lives, because yeah. that's sometimes even more important to get that message across because they have may, they may have kids or will have kids. So getting getting that yeah. that across yeah. to them might be even harder, right? Because the older you get. Like it's like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. You know, you're like your mind blocks out things, and you just you stay on a path and you live on that path. How have you seen like parents react? I mean, I'm sure some parents are ecstatic, ecstatic and some parents are probably like these guys are yeah. still so let me, kids. Let me preface this before we go go on. Okay, <laughs> like what something that we identify uh, with refuge is that our relationships are chosen relationships. Yeah. Okay, uh, and there are so many relationships that are forced upon kids uh, that they have yeah. no choice over. That um, the relationship between a parent. And a, and a child is going to be different than the relationship between Mike or I or one of our leaders and that same child. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just want to make sure beforehand, we're not saying that we're experts on parenting. No. Uh, we both no. don't have teenagers <laughs> of our own. No. Um, but we have worked with a lot of teenagers. And so what when I get into youth culture, I'm talking about the things that kids are walking through in their lives that I might be able to shed some light on. Um you know, there's a guy that I, I, I've read a lot of his books. His name's Walt Mueller. Um, he, he writes this, uh, he wrote a book that I read and he said, you know, I thought I had it all figured out. He's worked in youth ministry for 40 years. He said, I thought I had it all figured out until I had my first teenager, <laughs> you know? So, uh, and I, I'm like kind of a little nervous about when Caleb gets to that age. That's a trial, that's a trial by fire you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, that exactly. literally is it. Yeah. So you think you have it all figured out until it's your own, own kid. So, um, the one thing that that we try to do is encourage and, and raise a, a you know I can think of specific cases where we try to encourage uh, students and parents uh, to find a, a way to work together, um, but also uh, us being a mentor in their relationship and their and those students' lives, uh, being an advocate when those kids are off the wall yeah. for those parents. Um, and then being able to share with other professionals or with uh, different cultures um, of just you know what we've learned and why why do we do the things that we do? I can't say that it fits for everybody. I don't think everybody is designed for outreach ministry. Um, I don't think, uh, it, and because of that, I have to be aware that these are the experiences that I've had, and this is what I can share with you as um, somebody that's been in it for ten years. That doesn't mm -hmm. make me. Um, a certified professional in all, all, all sense of the words and know all, every piece. What I can say is you need to use a lot of discernment when you go into a, a, a room sharing the information that you have with those people uh, because you have to make it applicable to them to understand the youth culture that you're working with too. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, one of the things that, you know, is interesting is a lot of times we'll get a phone call from a parent this is, hey, can you talk to my kid? I can't, I just can't get, I can't get through with them. I need, I need you to talk to them. And that's always, you know, when we first started, like that was a weird thing. Mm -hmm. But, but Ryan said it, they choose to be in relationship with us. You know, like respect is such a weird thing now in, in mm -hmm. the way that it is because we used to respect people because they were older. Yeah. We used to respect them because they had a title, like they were this person or that person. And it wasn't a question. We just did it. Yeah. This culture is not like that. If you want to gain this culture's respect, you have to have a relationship with them. And I think that's where it, a lot of times it gets mixed up. And one of the things I talk a lot about is the respect factor comes with relationship. I can have the worst student at school. They can be the worst student in school. Mm. And, and we, we, have some, yep. we have some of those that are just like they give the school a run for their money. But as soon as they hit 
you know, the refuge campus, you know, you would never know that. Yep. You would never know that. And and they're coming in, they're hugging all the leaders, they're saying we love you, they're saying like we it's happy to see you, you know, and they're talking to you and at school they're a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And the teacher's like, What are you doing? Well, we're just we're we're having a relationship with them. And you're not forcing them. And we're not no like if you show up, it's it's you know, we'll say hi and we'll engage you. And if you choose to engage us back in life, then like then that's that's the thing. And they they do. They engage you back in relationship mm-hmm. because really that's what they want. And so then you're able to speak into those tough situations. So when mom calls and like, hey, you know, my kid's being a bonehead. I don't know what to do. Can you talk to them? You're like, yeah. And you can get on the phone and you can say, dude, listen. And they will listen, you know, and they will be able. And so you're able to speak into that because they've chosen and they've given you a door. See, respect now with this generation is they are going to choose whether or not you have the right or they have the right to respect you. So it's up to them. Yeah, it's, it's not, not if like you're a, older. Not your your parent. It doesn't yeah, matter it doesn't. Anymore. It doesn't matter. It's it's they will allow you. It's their mm-hmm. allowance. And it not. I'm not saying that's right at all because right. it's not. But that's the way that it is. There's an allowance to saying that I will listen and I will respect you, and that's earned through relationship. How did that happen? Then that's like that I mean, switch. That's I weird, think, right? I think there's so many different ways that you can like you could talk about that and think about that. I mean, um, you know, from the parenting styles to things being um, the teaching styles, I think that it's a, a multiple facet thing. I don't think we can point at one thing and say, hey, this is the issue. This is the problem. Yeah. Um, I think there's so many different things that you could look at and say, well, you know, this parenting style might have been this or the way that they just give everything to this generation or the way that they're not hard or this is that. I don't or know. Or a defense mechanism. Or a defense mechanism, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. Um it's just one of those things where you know we're trying to teach a culture again what the what concepts like honor, respect, what those things are, um, yeah. because it's a lost art in this generation. Yeah, I I always think it's funny when kids are like, "You're disrespecting me." I'm like, mm, "Do you know what that means yet?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you have no idea because I told you what to do. I'm disrespecting you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. hold on. A minute. So you know it. it it is. There are so many different ways that you, we've landed where we're at. Uh, I, individuality, you know, expression of individuality gets to the point of uh, no one can tell me what to do. Yeah. A- and um, I don't know the story that you've walked through and I don't know where you're going in your story. So a lot of times people think that that gives them the, uh, the right to say, you know, I don't have to respect you because you don't know what I've walked through. You don't know the scenario that I've been through. Um, and I, I, I can't say that there isn't a point where I went through the same thing. You know, there wasn't a, in my life when I was a teenager, I didn't respect anybody um, that I felt like was too naive. You know, anybody that yeah. just didn't understand the struggles that I was walking through. You were too naive and sometimes too stupid for you to really get what I was going through. And so instead of being in the position of authoritative, uh, smashing them down and telling them they need to give us respect, um, what if I try to understand and, and empathize with your situation and try to walk you through it? It might look different. For sure. It always does look different, right? Yeah. When yeah. you get into that situation, it's like on the on the surface, it looks like one thing. And then you get under this. And then it's like every situation. You get under it a little bit and you're like, oh, there's all yeah. these other things going on that I never even considered. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I... One of the reasons I'd really like, and I, I, I really want to work with you guys, and I've been slowly leading myself into it with all the other things that I'm doing, is because I want to understand that. I want to be able to, I, I've been having uh, college students come in here, and a couple of high school students, just for job shadowing, mm-hmm. and just talking to them, we end up usually just talking about stuff, yeah. compared to like me showing them what to do. I mean, it's like half and half. 
but uh, it, 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 there's, a, there's a huge benefit to being able to understand youth and the youth culture and what they're doing. It, it, it like gives you a perspective on like where the world is at right now, where it's going to be going, and how disconnected you become as you get older from what is, what is happening. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's maybe the coolest part is like not to like say like I want to be cool again or I want to figure out how to be cool again or whatever <laughs> it might be, but it's, just, it's fun to be able to figure out what is happening right now in the world and the things that they're interested in are things that I've never heard of. Yeah. Are things that I don't even understand or would never have thought about. Yeah. And I think, you know, the one thing, you know, we're, we're just, we, we've talked about a lot of serious things like over the last few minutes, but the one thing that I absolutely love about this is that it is fun. That literally day to day, you're not going to have the same day. You'll never have the same day to day thing working with students. It's not going to happen. And like, it'll just be the littlest things that will bring you so much joy and laughter. I mean, because they're, they're funny. They're, they're just, they're, they're crazy. They, they love that. Yeah. They, they, there is a sense of adventure within them. Um, and I mean, I remember being a teenager and like you, you, you know, you had your boundaries, but you kind of didn't like you would just, you live such a radical life Mm -hmm. as a teenager. And, um, and it's so it is so much fun and we get so much enjoyment in, in seeing these things and then we get to help cultivate that fun and we get to help kind of uh you know throw the gasoline on the fire while it's burning and like get them to do even crazier goofier stuff that just make us laugh and just have an enjoyment i mean we're, we're you know we also want to make memories with these kids just say hey remember that time you did this or did that or you laughed so hard dr pepper came out your nose or right. you know like those times where you know we did all of that fun stuff and so the one thing that it does bring us is a lot of joy Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, when you're looking at trying to fulfill, uh, for, for me, my fulfillment is getting the opportunity to mentor kids. Um, you know, when we, we have silly experiences and I can go back and revisit that with them, um, you know, I always talk about a fishing story that I that I ended up out fishing this kid that this was kicking my butt. This is a great story. Um, great story. Yeah. So I took, it took a bunch of kids out fishing um, for our fishing club this summer and uh, – from from the pulpit uh, the week before, I told them if they thought they could outfish me, they better come because they're going to lose. Uh, and uh, so I'm out there. And w- when you run fishing club, you don't fish; you just untangle hooks. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of <laughs> and that. bait hooks. Uh, so the first first time we're out there, and uh, you know, one of these kids that came after I put that challenge out is a really good fisherman, and. Uh, he was out there and he didn't need any help. And I'm, I'm working with another, I had like 10 other kids with me. I'm on doing all this work. And the last 30 minutes of the trip, he turns to me and he says, I thought you were going to beat me fishing. <laughs> I said, uh, what, <laughs> what do you mean by that? And he said, um, yeah, you were talking all this game about you were going to beat me fishing. And I said, I, I turned to all the other kids. I said, for 30 minutes, you're on your own. It's on. And, and he had caught 11 fish that day. And uh, at the end of the day, I had 12 fish. So <laughs> it's, so I, it was just an opportunity for me just to ca- kind of go out with them and enjoy myself. Yeah. Uh, have a good time hanging out with them. But, you know, it's something that we can revisit and talk about. You know, every time I see him, he's like, you're a bad fisherman. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> not as bad as you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but it gives me an opportunity to speak truth in their lives, too, because we've had an experience like that that walks us into um, – 
real life. Yeah. You know, we weren't we weren't sitting there and it was structured and whatever. It was us just fishing, enjoying ourselves. And now I can speak truth into that kid's life because of it. Yeah, because yeah. kids are so used to the adults standing up in front of them, telling them all the things that are right and wrong, what they yeah. need to do, instead of like being down there with them. Yeah. You know, doing well, it and what's cool is like you get, you know, essentially if you get a kid that comes in in sixth grade, you're going to have them all the way through 12th grade. So you're going to have them for six, seven years of their life. They're going to be connected to you. Which that's crazy yeah. too, right? Because yeah. in school, you don't get that. Yeah. Like you, no, you're one... transitioning new teacher, new teacher, new yeah. teacher. But yeah. you know, we have that privilege. I mean, this was the first year I had my turnover because of the seven years. Like oh, okay, the yeah. kids I had in sixth grade graduated. And these kids, some of these kids have been with me since sixth grade. You know, And, and you think of these fun memories. There's one student particularly that graduated. Um, this one guy, he is, <laughs> he's never beaten me in anything in his whole high school career. Like it didn't matter if we were playing basketball if we were playing laser tag it just always happened that i would always that i would always come out (laughs) on top and i would always beat him and you know and so he comes in every week and he's like yo you ready to go i'm gonna beat you i'm like dude you're already out of high school like you're you're done you're like you're a leader now and i I, and like your memory of high school is that you've never beat me in anything and And that will never change and that will never change i will always (laughs) be on you and but it's being able to do so much life with them over the years where um, you really become so close with them because they've been with you for so long. Yeah, Mike, I shared a little bit about the idea of having kids for six or seven years, and that's a that is a um, that's our goal. You know, one yeah. of the things that we get concerned about in in any type of a youth culture thing is that there's so much turnover of leadership in those kids' lives. There's so much turnover of their authority figures, and, and the stability isn't there anymore. You know, one yeah. of the, one of the statistics they they talk about, and I'll. I'll be generous and say no nah, just every, tell them the truth don't be generous yeah. <laughs> okay. just tell them how so it is so like 18, 18 to 20 months uh youth pastors turnover brand new youth pastors wow, will come really? in 18 yeah. to 20 months uh they won't they won't be there anymore and they'll leave so if you start where are they as, going just bouncing around to another they might yeah. change to different jobs they might go to a different church they might they might not even want to be in youth ministry anymore it's just whatever a step it in the door to something else yeah. that right. they might be able and a lot of times that's what they use it as they use it as a stepping ladder to go up yeah um to something else whether they want this position or that position and so um we actually see that a whole lot so if you look at a kid that comes in at, in, in sixth grade every two years you got a new person uh they're going to start doubting whether or not those people actually care about them. Yeah. You know, you're starting to build a relationship with a kid and in two years you're gone. No, they're not going to start trusting the new person. Yeah. You know, so you go sixth to eighth, eighth to 10th, 10th uh, to 12th. You got four different uh, youth leaders in your life. No, you know, eventually it just, you become jaded by that. So the longevity of our leadership and our directors and all those things is, is a real a big focus for us because they need consistency. I know there's guys out here in ministry that have been doing it way longer than we have. But the one thing that I've found is if you're not being mentored by somebody, you're going to burn out. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, it's crazy to think that seven and 10 years were veterans in the, in this, this uh, yeah. uh, stuff. But, you know, to know that two years people turn around, w- we're like old heads in this in this game. Yeah, you know? a rare breed. Yeah. yeah. So it, that's that's one of the things that we as Refuge are really working on is how do we build consistency in these kids' lives, not just between Micah and I, but as we grow and, and, and we try to go forward, how do we bring more people into the understanding of let's get past that uh, two-year turnover. Let's build deeper relationships. Let's walk these kids through um, – going to school and not having uh, rec time to driving cars to graduating and going to college, you know? 
Well, talking about having a kid from sixth grade to twelfth grade, like yeah. man, the changes you go through. Oh yeah, in those six years, it's <laughs> yeah. like insane. When they come in, they're like up to your kneecaps, and then when they graduate, you're up to their kneecaps. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's, it's some of them just grow so large you know and like seeing so you see a physical change like then you see them when like mom has to drive them around everywhere to they're driving around everywhere and you know you're trying to help them parallel park or you're trying to help <laughs> them do this and do that and it's just it is it's it's amazing man yeah it it's probably, crazy it's crazy we, we just saw a kid two weeks ago uh that before the summer he was underneath our shoulders and now he's over our heads and i'm like oh, really? oh man like, what happened did to that you? hurt yeah <laughs> right <laughs> did you eat miracle grow what did you do <laughs> it probably did hurt a little bit those yeah. growing pains got to yeah. be rough at some point oh, in time man. i just i think so who do you guys look up to you talk about mentors you yeah. know because you obviously have to have somebody that you're mirroring what you're doing after who are those people well i, I think for me personally um you know i have there's two people that um, you know, are my my main mentors that speak into my life. One guy is his name is John Blondo. Um, he's actually my professor at um, the college I went to, and we've stayed so closely connected. And he, man, he just speaks life into me. And he just he always has encouraged me. He um he went back to New York City where he took over his church, um and and his it was getting ready to close, and now they're over like twelve hundred people. Um, you know, and so he, but he's just a wild man that just loves truth and loves the Lord. And then, uh, the other guy that, you know, speaks into my life who, you know, is, um, pastor Jim Balzano from uh, transformation church. And he's the other guy that just, um, has, since I've met him, he's just poured into my life on a consistent basis. And, you know, and pastor Wayne, who I've been with, I've been with pastor Wayne for seven years. Um, you know, and then, you know, pastor Keith and Keith, mm-hmm. you know, so I have these, I have these main group of guys, these three guys local, and then John and New York city that just consistently pour into me, um, and just saying, Hey, you know, like, you know, we, we, we I use the term, they blow wind in your sails. We're talking about like, you know, those terms that, that he does, they blow wind in the sails of our ministry and of our organization says so like, you want this, go do it. Like we're going to be able to do that for you and help you. Yeah, I think, I I mean, I think that there are people that have uh, walked through my life that I look at as mentors. Um, One of the things that we've been blessed with is uh, those guys that that Micah just mentioned, they're on our board and they are great at steering us, great at giving us personal and life advice. Also um, great at helping us with the, with refuges next steps too. So uh, I I would consider those guys mentors in my life. Um, I, I have some people that, you know, from before time, beforehand that I, I know of, that I just look up to and admire so much, men of integrity that r- really speak into my life, and I'll call them uh, one, of, one of which is the old executive director, uh, the executive director at the last uh, nonprofit that I was at. Um, I can call him anytime. He'll speak truth to me. He'll tell me what it is. He, he actually came out here and, and spoke truth to both me and Micah. And, he wrecked my life, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, so, so he came in and said some things that, you know, needed to be said. Uh, did it in loving, uh, loving kindness, but was very truthful. See, for me, I need somebody that's going to be blunt with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah says that I'm really good at the hug and the, the headlock and then the punch in the face at the same time. So I'm right. hugging you, yeah, loving like, you, like, but yeah, giving like, you Ryan truth. can like hug you with like one arm and like having a headlock like with the same arm. Like right. and you're like, are you hugging me? Or are you like headlocking yeah. me? Like, but he's really good at being able to do that. Yeah, and so those are the people that I look to. Those are the, that can be compassionate and, and loving for me. Um, I can think of. Uh, ben Maxey, Joel Hughes, these are guys that personally in my life have spoken 
uh, so much truth out of love uh, that has changed my perspective of how I do things. And I continue to pursue that. And one thing that you have to realize in this place is it is so easy to feel like an island Mm -hmm. that you have to be the one pursuing what's next. You know, you have to be just as we ask for authentic and intentional relationships with our kids. We have to be as authentic and intentional to reach those that can that can build into our lives, too. For sure. I, I always think like having somebody to look up to number one is one of the most important things, but you can get so stuck in your own head and get so stuck in your own pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never move forward. So if you don't have somebody like that, then it's, you're never going to progress. And I mean, you guys could keep doing this forever, but what's the point of doing it? If you're not moving it forward in the right direction, Absolutely. it's not making a difference. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, I always say youth ministry is the lazy man's hideaway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being working with youth, um, you can be very lazy and just, you know, kind of coast for years. Right, yeah. And, That's and, what I would imagine and, and, would happen. And, and be able to – you can do that. I mean, there's people that have done it for years and people that do it, is that you're able just to kind of coast. And, you know, we're, we just have to be so driven that that won't satisfy. Like, that's that's not enough. There can be so much more. It can be so much better. It can be so much greater. And so for us, you know, the one thing that, you know, we both we both have is drive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we both want to see this organization be something that impacts so far beyond even this region in this area. And we, we feel like, you know, we have a lot to offer and we feel like we have a lot to give. And, and in that, we're able to, uh, to help people and to see a different model of doing things, um, especially within youth ministry in the church, but also um, just being able to connect with youth culture, being able to do that. I think that, you know, not that we have the answer, but we have an answer that's been working for us. I think uh, whenever we first had our first podcast, I asked you what the future looked like for Refuge. I honestly forget what you told me back then. Yeah. I don't remember what the outcome was. But now that Ryan's on board, like, what do you guys, now that you're, like, teamed up working together, like, what's the future look like? Do you have a plan, like a five-year uh, plan, 10-year oh, plan? Oh, yeah. Or? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the biggest, one of our, we call them BHAGs, right? Big, big, hairy, audacious goals. Okay. okay? Yeah, and that's not mine. That. I didn't, no, yeah, B-hags. That's not mine. I didn't create that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but my, our BHAG is, is to take this uh, ministry past um, our, our county level, past our regional level, uh, to a national way of doing ministry, of um, being, um, being the church and not needing to be a church. Mm-hmm. Not needing to be one just church building, but being the greater kingdom of God, growing, growing, and building these youth up. Um, so, you know, when I look at when I look at our five year plan, um, <clears throat> I sat with somebody recently, and I was like, "Well, we'll have twenty campuses by then." So, you know, that's that's our hope is yep. that we'll continue to plant campuses, um, and and that's something that you know I shared this at our banquet. I was like, "Oh, next year we'll, we want to bring on two campuses," and it's, this is already happening. It's not 2018 yet, so I'm I'm. Going going, uh, hey, God, can you stop for a minute? Yeah, because like, we need to catch up with what we, what yeah. we asked of yeah. you, you know? Right. Like, yeah. But but the reality is, you know, we're trying to be very strategic. We want to, we're, we're in this for the long haul. If you, if you couldn't figure that out now, we're in this for the long haul. And, and the reality is that we want to be very strategic about this. So being smart and good stewards of the things that we're given. So that way we can um, bring longevity to a, a ministry that we really feel like can reach um, – so many more kids uh, and, and provide uh, so many different communities with things that they're, they're missing now. And there's so much out there that is missing, right? I mean, it keeps getting more and more. I think yeah. as social yeah. media keeps expanding and as things keep getting more complicated in that realm and as the older generations are more disconnected from how quickly things are moving for the younger generations, 
that disconnect grows greater mm -hmm. and it gets harder to understand what they're even doing because they might even be just working on or like spending their lives on platforms that you don't even know about yeah. and living a life that you never even see because you don't have to physically see it in person anymore. Now it's all on a screen. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't even really exist to somebody who, you, how would you ever find it if you weren't searching for it? Like I, I always look at Snapchat as an example and whatever comes after Snapchat, I was just talking to, uh, somebody about this today because it's like you know Facebook's an older audience. It's it, it kind of covers everybody, but it's an an older audience. Instagram's younger, uh, but then Snapchat's the youngest audience. Yes, and they it seems like they keep creating these social media platforms because there's a demand from the youth to get away from their parents. Yeah, it's like you guys keep following me, and now parents are on Snapchat. Like, you keep following me to these platforms. You're not supposed to know how to use Snapchat. You're not supposed to understand <laughs> it. It's confusing. That's why it was built like that, so you wouldn't get it. So it's going to keep going that way, and yeah. they're going to keep trying to. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that you're going to find that uh, the entertainment culture, the uh, the, they're always going to try to build identity through adolescence. So you know, when we look at like MTV when yeah. we were growing up, right? Yeah. That was yeah. not for adults. Like exactly. you know, yeah. like that was built directly for our culture, and that was something that they built in. And actually. Um, this is uh, adolescence. This this age group is relatively a new thought that didn't happen until 1940s. Yeah, you know there wasn't Te the a teenager. teenager uh, there wasn't a teenager before that. They, you were a kid or you were an adult. Mm -hmm. And what we f found is that uh, um, corporations and things like that have just found a way to make more money. Yeah, you know, a marketing and, move. Uh, yeah, of course. Why not live live younger, live longer? You know, um, and. Uh, you were talking about a little bit ago about how sometimes you don't feel like an adult, you know, that we're still living in this culture. Well, there was a, I can't remember the numbers. I wish I could right now, but there was something, an overwhelmingly high number, over 75% uh, that were surveyed out of, I think it was over 10,000 people. Um, I wish I could remember the report. Um, but uh, they, they said over 30 years old still do not, they would not consider themselves an adult. But you whenever know? you're 10 and you look at a 30 year old, you're yeah. like, yeah. yeah. So, how are you not dead yet? Like, so, yeah. And that's something that you're building in here is this this adolescence culture is growing into their, their 30s. You know, I have Snapchat. So, am yeah. I not cool and the kids are going to move away from my platform? But yeah, probably. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but we don't feel old, right? Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. But to exactly. a 14 year old, you're ancient. You should not yeah. be allowed to interact with them on those platforms yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when facebook i was in i was in college when I, when i got facebook and you could only you had to be in college to to have yeah, facebook yeah. yeah at first you yeah. had to register your school and i i remember how upset i was when random joes were just starting to pop up there and i was like well i'm gonna get rid of this well that's, that's exactly what these kids are doing now but it's just younger and younger and younger so yeah it's like when your parents start listening to your music yeah you know it's <laughs> like you can't do yeah. that like that's whenever i was a kid and i was not Outwardly, maybe I might have seen like I was kind of bad or like I, like I was, I, I don't know what, what it would have been considered. But like I listened to like Marilyn Manson and Korn and, you know, Rage Against the Machine. And like that was my, that was my music. But like on the inside, I wasn't that person at all. And then getting into hip hop, talking about like Snoop Dogg or, you know, uh, Beastie Boys, whoever it might have been. That became at some point in time... Uh, I lost track of music recently. So I guess what I'm trying to compare this to is like back then I felt like I was really into it. And just recently I started listening to like newer hip hop and I'm like, wow, I'm really disconnected because I don't know who anybody is. Yeah. I don't know any of these songs. I think all these songs, even though I enjoy them, I think they're terrible. <laughs> it's like they're super catchy, <laughs> yeah. but they're really bad. Yeah. And then I remembered like, wait a minute, when I was a kid and I listened back to the music I liked when I was a kid, I'm like, yeah, I, 
I listen to it now and I'm like, nope, I don't know what I was, some of it, some of it I still really like, but some of it I'm like, wow, I like that a lot and I listen to it now and I don't like it at all. And it's just weird that that, that change happens throughout your life, um, but as a kid you see it as like this permanent thing. Mm-hmm. I forget where I was going with that point. There was a point there somewhere, but I, <laughs> I lost it well, one of the along things, the way. One of the things you, you shared a little bit about is uh, your, your rebellion from what your parents are doing and why, what you, why do you not want to be a part of what your parents are doing? And there's a, there's something that we share a lot. Um, this is, uh, I heard this from a, a guy named Duffy Robbins and he shared that there are three ways that, that people walk uh, through life. You start with a thesis, something that your parents give you. Mm-hmm. Those are the rules, regulations, your, your moral conduct. Those are the things that your parents share with you. When you hit adolescence, you go to your antithesis. And the idea is that you're rebelling from whatever you were learning first, right? Yeah. And then you get to your synthesis. And we're in the phase of our lives. Where we're in synthesis. We're, we, we have taken what we've learned from those, those times away from those things that our parents taught us and the things that our parents taught us, adding them together, and, and now trying to raise our kids up in, in a different way. Um, but what happens if the kids don't have a uh, a thesis, you know? And exactly, that's yeah. and so what are you rebelling against? I what think you, you told me this before. Yeah. That's that's a great point. Yeah, what are you rebelling against? Yeah, so you're, you're out there just just trying to figure out life, and you're just rebelling against everything. Let's let's give you some grounding and let's bring that in. Um, and I think that uh, even in these smaller examples of I want to get away from everybody else's culture, that's your antithesis. So we're, we're reaching them when the kids are trying to rebel the hardest, Yeah, you know, and I love that. Like, I, I love that challenge. So, um, when you guys talk about like being grateful for things, is that something you talk about in, in refuge a lot? Oh yeah. For me, it's because I didn't, I, it's only been a, the past couple of years where I've really focused on it. Like where I really try to uh, you know, if I'm if I if I'm mad about something and I turn the faucet on, I'm like, man, I have running water. Like that's that's yeah. that's a huge thing in itself to be grateful for. Just you know, the little things in life that are we take for granted so often. And I think as being being a kid, you don't look at it like that at all. You think you should be keep getting more things and oh, it should yeah. become easier and it should all be free. And how how do you balance that out? How do you find that balance? Because that seems to be a huge thing with kids. Like that's, yeah. that's giant, right? Yeah. Last night we had, somebody came up to me and said, Hey, I wasn't on my phone during, during the lesson. Uh, can I get a free fund it? I was like, what? Because <laughs> you like just because you were congratulations, phone, you were li- you were listening. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, Micah actually just did a series on on being being grateful, like just being just being thankful for the things that you get. You know, Thanksgiving is a great time to to walk through that. Um, but uh, I think that you know the point of for us is to teach these kids is. Um, that not everything is going to be handed to you in life and you have to be able to work hard for those things. And those things that you're not, um, that you should not be given, that you are not privy to, um, that's, that's a faith lesson in itself. You know, our, the things that God has given us through grace, uh, we're, we're not deserving of that, you know? And and so we're, we're trying to teach them the same things that when someone does something along those lines, uh, when you look at the situation that you're living in, uh, you should be grateful for those things, that you should be uh, ecstatic. Even though it might not be what you're looking for, you should be grateful for the situation that you're uh, able to even be alive today, um, have a roof over your, uh, your you, uh, clothes on your back, you know, a place like Refuge where we care about you and we love you and we want to see the best for you. We should be grateful for those things. Yeah, you know, and that's, I did, I shared, you know, um, two weeks ago, 
before we took our break for Thanksgiving. I talked about being not just thankful, but thankful, like full of thanks, F-U-L-L, like being full completely of thanks that it just comes out of you, that you have an appreciation. Um, you know, because we, we live in a culture where that really doesn't happen, you know, mm-hmm. where we don't really appreciate. But what you what you do is you realize, like, you know, there are people out there that you don't have what we have and aren't blessed to have the running water or the clothes on their back or the roof over their heads. And so it's just a constant reminder that these are things that God has blessed you with, that you have the privilege. You know, a lot of people say a lot of stuff about America, and they do. There's a lot of people that say a lot of, like, just hateful things towards it, but in my opinion, I'm blessed to live here. Yeah, we're spoiled by it, by how amazing it is. You go to other countries, and I've been to other countries. I've seen like where other people have lived and other people have slept, and and I've been to these other places and seen how this place, like how life is to them, and and we are we we are blessed to be able to have the comforts, and we are spoiled um, to be able to have these things. But it's also teaching that you know the youth culture to be thankful for what you do have. And, and, and sometimes it is good for the students to hear the other students' stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we do a real big thing on our, our website, refugeyouthnetwork.org, where we put the stories of students there, and it's called My Story. And they talk about what they've had to live through and what they've gone through and how their story is. And so kids can see other kids' stories, and that makes them a little bit more grateful when they realize, like, hey, you know, I, was, you know, I had this and that going on, but, man, this kid really had something major going on. Yeah, that we didn't even know about. There's a weird thing about that. I can recall being a kid, and like if somebody had it rougher than I did, I was almost like jealous. Yeah. At a certain point, it was like, wow, oh, he went through some struggles. I, yeah. I don't struggle at all. My parents have food for me, and like I have a bed. Yeah. I, I wish I had that, that story. Yeah. Because yeah. then I'd be tougher and badder. You know, and it's like yeah. it's weird. That, that's yep. such a weird mindset as a kid that you go through and then when you get out of it you think wow that was not the way to think at all but i don't i don't know how that happens i don't know how that all forms but it's just like a you want to be the bad dude you know you want to be that guy who like looks like he had a rough night last night even yeah. though he's in 10th grade. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how how would that even happen he's got the at little, that lifestyle? He's got the little, like, half-grown mustache. Yeah, he's growing facial in. hair, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm tough. <laughs> I'm like, dude, just shave that little thing off your face. <laughs> That's me right now. Yeah. That's all I can grow, dude. I'm 34. Yeah, <laughs> Back right. off. Like, the fuzzy caterpillar above your lip. <laughs> yeah. So, wait, you guys, before we go, you wanted to plug yeah, uh, something ahead, you had coming up. Yeah, hey, uh, so one of, the, one of the great things that we actually got this year, um, for any um, – giving that's done through refuge this year we had a local business come to us and say that we they were going to create a fifteen thousand dollar matching fund and uh because of that that would be able to help us launch our new campus in bellwood that would cover the cost for us to have that campus in bellwood and uh you can give right online at refugeyouthnetwork.org and any donation that's given from now until the end of the year december 31st will be matched up to fifteen thousand dollars nice yeah, we're excited about it. It's been it, it's it's cool because there was uh, some talks about you know hey hey how do we get out our end of your letter those things like that and just this this kind of fell in our lap and yeah. it's been a great challenge so we do need the involvement of the community to help us out and we would love uh, to to partner with whoever's out there that might be willing to to help us get there and plan our new campus absolutely and can you give me that information again like at a like after the podcast, because I'll put it on the front end of the podcast yeah, no so problem. people know about it so we, we can like mention it before yeah. we even get into the conversation. Yes. And yeah. a link and everything like that. 
Yep. We can definitely do that. So if people want to find more about Refuge, if they want to find you guys, how do they do so? Give them some information. All right. Well, we are on Facebook at Refuge Youth Network. You can look us up. Um, there's also, if you're from the Tyrone area, you're down there. We also have a Refuge Youth Network Tyrone um, down there, and you can find us on there. You can find us on the web at refugeyouthnetwork.org. And uh, we're connected there. And then myself personally, Micah Marshall, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. And Ryan? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the same social media platforms. If you want to reach out to us and, and get in contact with us, um, our email's, email is ryan at refugeyouthnetwork.org. Or you can give me a call, uh, 814-889-9113. That will go right to me, and uh, that's our refuge uh, phone number. And if you're not from the central Pennsylvania area, you know, the cool thing is there's organizations like this all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening uh, listening to this and you're a part of another organization, get in contact with them and like link up and like share your stories, you know. That, that would be the 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 awesome connection part of of a podcast. Is, you know, I we do this from Altoona, Pennsylvania, but the great part of the world now is and uh, of of technology is this is reaching anybody yeah. and everybody. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're listening not from around here, reach out to either me or Ryan or Micah, and uh, let us know that you're checking out the show. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Well, thanks for having us, man. It was a blast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for another episode of Rob Z Radio. I I love Ryan and Micah uh, from Refuge Youth Network. Two great guys. I get along with them really well. We have kind of the same... The same mindset and um, some of the same goals, you know, and I just I love what they do for children, for teenagers, for kids in our area, and they just have an awesome message. And they're very youthful themselves, which comes from hanging out with the youth a lot. You can, you can gain a lot from hanging out with the youth of America. Shout out to our sponsors, Juice, J-O-O-S, downtown Holidaysburg, at The Juice Bar on Facebook and Instagram. The Juice, J-O-O-S, bar. Cold-pressed juice and smoothies. Smoothie bowls, bone broth, all made fresh to order just for you. And also a shout-out to Harlequin Pepper Yoga. Vinyasa-style yoga rooted in science that focuses on functional movement and anatomical alignment. I believe in healthy living. I believe in a healthy lifestyle. I believe in drinking and consuming things that are great for your body. And I also believe in yoga, something that will strengthen your body and strengthen your mind at the same time. Looking for great stress relief, looking for a great way to uh, release energy. Yoga is the way to do it. I, I, I highly suggest yoga to anybody, especially people who lift weights. They're the least likely people to get involved in yoga, yet they're the ones who most certainly should. You can find Harlequin Pepper Yoga on Facebook and Instagram, H-A-R-L-E-Q-U-I-N Pepper Yoga or call 814-931-9815. Thank you, friends, for listening to the podcast. If you never want to be on an episode, send me a message. Facebook, Instagram, Rob Z Radio. Until next time, peace! That's brutal.